Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Reverend Trish Hall, spiritual leader of Centers for Spiritual Living Metro, the sponsor of The Art of Living Spiritually, where we invite you to be you with us. This Sunday, uh, January 1st, New Year's Day, we're having a special ceremony uh, called the Burning Bowl Ceremony. I'll tell you more about that uh, later on in the show. But our service will be at noon. Ordinarily, we gather at 10 a.m. at the Arlington Arts Center, uh, 3550 Wilson Boulevard, Arlington. Check us out at our website, cslmetro.org. Find out all the wonderful things that we're engaged in. We encourage you to open your uh, to open yourself to your divinity, to celebrate the uniqueness that is you, and discover your pure potentiality. We invite you to bring spirituality to every aspect of your life. That's what this show is about, is being, living spiritually, to be mindfully you. Together we open to the realization that we are all expressions of one divine creator. We feel the impulsion of spirit and the need to say yes to being spiritual activists, growing individually and spiritually and supporting one another as expressions of the divine. This week we're talking, of course, with it being only a few days from New Year's and the drawing 2016 to a close, I have a couple of questions for you. Where is your focus? Are you one of the ones that's glad that 2016 is almost over? Or are you glad that we're starting anew, that we've got a fresh start? Are you looking forward to 2017, affirming that it will be better than this past year? Or are you dragging some baggage that you know that no longer serves you, if in fact it ever did? Again, where is your focus? Are you seeking relief? In a con- I live in a consciousness that holds that there are, is always a best yet to be. So no matter how awesome the present or past may be, there's always an opening for the present moment or in the present moment to have a best yet to be yet to come. And that leaves space for tomorrow to be the best yet to be and for the tomorrow's tomorrow's. So my commitment is to live in the present moment in ways that open a future that is even more magnificent than what I've experienced up until now. What's yours? What's your commitment? What's your perspective? Are you willing to do the work needed to release release yourself from the clingy, icky parts of your past that may still be drag you may still be dragging with you? That's so that you can live pull out so that you can let go of the need for looking good or any of the things that may be holding you back from fully, radiantly, wonderfully being you. Well, we've been through some kind of tumultuous times. Challenging is a word I hear a lot as a descriptor for 2016. Like turmoil, unrest, throats, anger, fear, depression, seem to be uh, at the forefront. Somebody's got an ax to grind about something. It doesn't matter which side they may have been on. It doesn't matter what position they may have held. There are uh, There is a polarity that I, in my lifetime, have never experienced in our country before. 
But all of those descriptors are descriptions of circumstance, all about the external world. The tendency to devolve into awfulizing goes swirling around, it seems, just about everywhere. And that is not how one goes about engaging in the art of living spiritually. Circumstances only have the power we give them. Living spiritually is not about reacting to the power we've given away or not even scrambling to try to regain the power that we've given away. Living spiritually is living from the inside out. Living spiritually is expressing the truth of our being in spite of circumstances. That no matter how icky the circumstances or how convoluted or angry or hostile or anything else, circumstances may appear to be. If we are living from the inside out, then we are well-grounded in spirit. We have, we have the center. We are focused. We are mindful. We are present. And so it's a matter of choice. We have the power of choice. Central to our teaching is that power of choice. The way Dr. Ernest Holmes described it, change your thinking, change your life. And it's such fun to watch the ad industry pick that up. I've seen change just about everything and change your life. The most recent that now brought me a chuckle was change your mattress and change your life. So anyway, I will drop that one before it goes farther astray. Victor Frankl who is a great author, and he went through some uh, circumstance that fortunately none of us have repeated since. And he declared, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of all human freedoms, that to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. So when... Uh, circumstance around us is swirling and we get uh, confused or caught into it, we always know that we can step back, we can take a breath, we can then uh, come to that place of, of being centered, of having choice. Frankl also said between stimulus and response, There is a space, and that space is our power to choose. That's the space in which we get to choose. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. We get to choose how we will relate to each and everything that comes our way. We get to use that space to choose our response at all times. Not just sometimes, but we always have that. So react, uh, we react to the pull of circumstances, or if you react to the pull of circumstance, remember, you give the power to the circumstance or not. And you have, as you remember the truth of your being, ultimate power is in living in oneness. I see we have a caller this evening. And uh, I'm going to try to connect with that individual. Um, uh, you're on the line. May I have your name and where you're calling from? Is Catherine, um, are y'all uh, doing readings today? 
Well, welcome, Catherine. Did you have a question? Yeah, I wanted to ask a question. Um, kind of going through a breakup, and I was wondering would he call me back. It was a nice breakup, but I was just wondering was he going to call me back. Okay, uh, just a moment. Um, I, if you go to our website, uh, my phone number, my contact information is on that website. Can you hear me clearly this evening? It's a little low, but I can hear you. Okay, good. Because I wasn't sure I had switch head had switch headset. So. Uh, would you repeat your question again? I'm sorry, I was having difficulty re- uh, hearing you. Um, I kind of went through a breakup. It was a nice mm-hmm. breakup, but I was wondering would he call me back? Or that's the end of the relationship. I know that's the end of it, but would he have contact with me? So you're wondering if I believe that he will call you back? Is that yeah. your question? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe that spirit, that is the divine, is in each of us as each of us. And we are each here as an activity of God, as love. And as you are that loving presence, then he is drawn, people are drawn to stay in touch with and stay in communication with those where they feel safe and loved. And so as you are that presence of love, then you are a safe island for him. And he is very likely to call you back. Okay. Okay. And when you honor him as that divinity that he is as well, then you are inviting that communication. Does that feel right for you? Yeah. I was just wondering. Like I say, it was a... It was a nice one. It wasn't a bad one. But, you know, I That's good. When we are mature enough and centered in spirit enough to know that simply because a relationship does not work out does not mean that the people cannot remain loving friends. And okay. uh, that... T- that takes a maturity that some people don't bring. But it sounds like that's the maturity that you have brought to the relationship so that you can honor the relationship and remain friends, loving friends, without um, the intimacy. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go on talking about uh, the end of the year and how we can live spiritually through uh, all of um, all that's going on. So if you have another question, just put your hand up again, okay? Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And so uh, thank you, Catherine, for calling in and for posing a question. And it relates directly to what I was going to uh, bring up next. And that is, it's important for us to remember what we are. And I am accenting what we are rather than who we are. What we are is each of us are an expression of the divine. That God 
uh, spirit is expressing into this world of form as each of each one of us as all of its creation and so if god is expressing then each of us have that responsibility to be the activity of god and i like to think the activity of god as love and that is what we are who we are is how we show up in the world and so the who is where our personality comes into it And it is the personality that gets to choose, am I going to live as an activity of God in this world? Am I going to be God's hands and heart and love and hugs and action in this world? And I, for one, am absolutely confident that the more we remember what we are and choose how we are in this world, the greater our experience, the more joyous, the more grounded it is so that uh, when the circumstances are swirling around us, they are swirling around us and not catching us up in what feels like a tornado. But instead, what it's doing for us is that we are able to stay uh, in that space of centeredness and be mindful and Serve others by being that presence. The second choice that we have at all times, that's the, the who gets to make the choices, the personality that you are. And that is to trust that what is expressing as you is trustworthy. Now, that may sound a little funny because most people say, well, I trust in God. But the truth is, if you watch their behaviors, they trust other people on the beltway more than they trust spirit in them as them. That they they put their life in their hands every time they get on the beltway or any other freeway. And in your life in their hands, they are saying that they trust those other drivers. But yet if they uh, connect with intuitive guidance and they have this sense, you know, that they're being led by spirit to something, most of them will challenge it. They'll question it. They'll doubt it. They'll they'll go about it saying, oh, well, I don't know if I should do this. And so they trust the stranger more than they trust spirit in them as them. The third choice is that sometimes it feels like it's necessary to be courageous. And so it's, it is a choice to be courageous. And in a way, that sounds kind of funny because why should it? Why should one need courage in order to step in and willingly, happily uh, express as spirit? And what it comes kind of down to, what it comes down to is that to be to be consciously present as the activity of God, to live from that place that you probably are a little different than a lot of people around you. That when you are willing to be, to demonstrate what is uniquely you, when you are willing to be divinely, awesomely you, as spirit within you is guiding you and leading you to be, then uh, that, uh, that means that you're willing to show up. That you aren't, you know, you aren't in this life to try to blend in and be as common and as and as um, 
invisible as possible. Some people complain about being invisible when, in fact, that's exactly what they want to be because they really don't want to show up. But a lot of this thing about not showing up is tangled in a thing that many of us learned as a child. And that was so when some well-meaning adult told us that if somebody didn't look like us, sound like us, come from our neighborhood, uh, speak like us, uh, all these other things, then different was dangerous. And then we turn around and are willing to be spirit in us as us, and we're kind of different. And so there's a confusion within us about dare we be, uh, dare we be different? Because if, if we're different, it may be hazardous to our well-being. If others are different, it might be hazardous to our well-being. When in fact, if we trust spirit in us as us and we show up as that activity of God in form in this world, then we don't have anything to worry about. So if that's, if we're caught in that confusion, if we succumb to circumstance and what other people think, then naturally there is a confusion, there is a pull against us where we really don't know what we, you know, we, we feel the divine call to be fully, radiantly spirit in form. We, we get that from deep within us. And then we look around and circumstance and people and what other people might think causes us to shrink back. And so we're engaged in this internal uh, push and pull. It goes from inside us wanting us to be fully engaged as spirit, and then it pulls us back in and saying, maybe that's a, that doesn't feel quite right. And so uh, the question is about what other people think. Who cares? But the truth of the matter is most of us have been raised to care. We care because we don't feel, it doesn't feel good to be ridiculed, and it doesn't feel good to be uh you know, somebody different. Okay. But when we remember what we are, when we remember that we are the uh, expression of the divine, that spirit is in us and as us and wanting to guide us to the extent that we'll let it, then we get into this space that allows us to live full out. I know what I am. I'm an expression of the divine. I am secure in oneness. I am inseparable from my creator. And all of a sudden I start feeling a courage that is grounded in spirit. It's a courage that is from deep within me. And um, what what will others think, other people think? That's their issue. If I am in alignment with the oneness that is within me, if I'm in alignment with others who have discovered that they are the expression of the divine, then my world is filled with peace. My world is so filled with love. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. (laughs) My world is such a magnetic for love, a magnetism for love, that people come into my circle and they greet me warmly and I greet them warmly 
For I recognize the divinity in them. I recognize it pulsating and being the life that is within them. And so, excuse me, I get it, swallow water. Oh, excuse me. So, when we, when each of us understands what we are, then we recognize others who also are recognizing what they are. And our recognition of them makes it possible for them to stand in the divinity and the strength of knowing their creator. And as they know their creator, then they become magnets for other people to come and be that presence of love and peace. So when when sometimes people say, well, how do you get to that space? And uh, meditation is an excellent practice to take on. Remembering the principle that all there is is oneness. There is one divine creator that is sprung forth, has all of its creation. And so I know that I am one with that, and I know that everyone is one with that. And that they get to experience it to the extent that they open to it. The truth of their being is that that is the truth of their being. They are an expression of the divine. The the personality is where at the level where they get to decide whether or not they will receive that, whether they'll experience it. And so to the extent that they experience it, that they grow into that, that they align with it, they're, they're alive with it, then their, their world starts to shift and they open to the vision that they have, they are pure potentiality, that love draws love, that peace draws peace, and that they have the courage to stand and be peace regardless of the circumstance around them. And so I dropped back and then I started with, and that is the one that is a soul searcher. And each of us have to investigate and spend time in the quiet and meditation to open to God's guidance of us. And that is, are you willing to do the work needed to release yourself from the clingy parts of your past, from uh, the self-guilt, from uh, are you willing to forgive yourself? Are you willing to forgive those who uh, in your environment? Are you willing to release yourself from the propensity to judge and be harsh? Because if you are willing to do that, I promise you, a world will, uh, will spring open in front of you and around you that is a place where you become a compassion advocate, where you become a peace advocate, where you are there to transform the whole world just one moment at a time. And I believe that as there are more and more of us who are willing to be that, that that all of us together are here to touch and transform one another and reach far, far beyond. We are the only way that world peace really will happen, one person at a time. And so I don't know if uh, the callers this evening 
uh, are from the Washington, D.C. area. If so, I invite you to be with us this Sunday at the Arlington Arts Center uh, at noon, a special time for our service uh, because we uh, we thought with people they might like to have the morning uh, to have uh, family time. And so we will be meeting at one, uh, noon for a burning bowl ceremony, which is a fabulous releasing ceremony to uh, let go of anything and everything we wish to release from the past and to move into uh, the future, into 2017 and beyond with a clean slate. And we also invite you uh, to uh, uh, the World Healing Meditation, which will happen at 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning at Blue Nectar Yoga at 513 uh, West Broad Street in Falls Church. And uh, we will also have a meditation at that same location at the Blue Nectar Yoga uh, at uh, seven at 645 on New Year's Day evening. That's on the 1st at 6.45 p.m. So we're working from, uh, we'll have our World Healing Meditation on Saturday the 31st at 7 a.m. And then we'll have the uh, Burning Bowl Ceremony at the Art Center at noon, New Year's Eve evening, 6.45, Meditation with Himalayan Singing Bowl. So go to our website cslmetro.org and uh, check out all the different things that are going on. I look forward to meeting all of you in person. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Good night and God bless.